All right, shalom say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank Mrs. Bracha Strimber for dedicating all the Shirman Drushals this month in loving memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman, Eliezer Halevi, Zichron Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family in Chama. We thank Avi Tobias for dedicating all the Shirman Drushals this month in appreciation for the Shir and out of love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's incredible Torah. So with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Yud Aleph, and we are picking up at the Mishnah. So Mishnah says as follows, Ose Make Legag, Olemer Pesas Masahedyot, so let's remember again, continuing along in the discussion regarding what one is allowed to do on Cholomite. So the Mishnah says as follows. You're allowed to make a ma'akeh. Ma'akeh means a fence. Remember again, the Torah says, When you build a home, even if you're not building a home, you purchase a home and you have a flat roof and it is an area that people are technically able to use, one is obligated to go ahead and put up a fence around that roof. Why? Torah says, Lest someone go ahead and fall off. So therefore, again, one is permitted to go ahead and make a ma'akeh for their gag. One is permitted to go ahead and make this fence. I'm sorry. So we've seen this distinction already. We saw this already by sewing, right? means one can make it in a, we'll call it an unprofessional manner. That's ma'asehedyot, but not a ma'aseh One could not make, we'll call it a more expertly crafted fence for their roof. Similarly, one could go ahead and seal in cracks. So Rashi points out over here that we're talking about, Rashi says, Shevetanur. person has an oven and the oven develops a crack. So you can go ahead and let's say seal up the crack by smearing plaster on it. The wording over here is a little bit confusing. The Gemara picks up on this. So literally translated, it means as follows. You can go ahead and seal the crack in an oven that has, that has a crack. I will say now, literally means a roller, right? With your hand and with your foot. But not with a machal tzayim. Now what's machal tzayim? Now look at Rashi. Eight. Kain Ragel, Shadoch Kobe Maziva Listom Hastokin, Vieshwa Maisumios Ramagilis. So it's very Machatsayim was like a foot shaped utensil. That when you were plastering something, you would kind of like pound the plaster into place. So we'll say, so the Lushan here is a little bit confusing because the Lushan sounds like you could use a roller, you could use a roller, Magila, Biyad Uberagel, with your hand or with your foot. But not with your machal tzayim. Okay, so we'll, we'll define exactly what that means in the Gemara. Next, hatzir v'hatzinor v'hakora v'amira v'amachter shenishbaru. So we'll say these are all different parts of the door. The tzir is the is the pivot. The tzinor is the socket. The kora is the beam that goes across the door. Minol is a lock. Mafteach is a key. All of these are indispensable parts of the door's functioning. So what happens? Nishperu, let's say they broke. So what's talocha? Metaknen b'moed. You're allowed to go and fix it on chalamayid. Obilvad shaligis kavin lasos malachto b'moed. There was is interesting. As long as what? In other words, I will say all of these cases where you have a right to do malis malacha on chalamayid. This is all assuming that what? 
you couldn't do it before. Right? In other words, that very simple case would be the door broke on Chalamaid. A crack developed in the oven on Chalamaid. But if any of these needs were already present before Chalamaid, and you decided, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it now. I have plenty of time over Chalamaid anyway, right? I'm not working my day job. So, I've got, so I purposely push off the task to Chalamaid. Then you're precluded from doing anything. Very important halacha. Only time that there's a dispensation from Allah on Chalamaid is when halacha lamais you could not have done it beforehand. We will say the Mishnah ends off by saying an interesting case. The Chol Kivashin, Shehu Yachol Lachol Mehen Bamoid Kovshan. So we'll say, listen to this. So Kivashin means items which are pickled. Right? Pickled, preserved. Look at Rashi. Kivashin, Shel Tzir. Kilamar Dogim Ushar Dvarim Shekovshin Bamelach. This is very interesting. The Mishnah says, you could pickle items on Chalamaid as long as what? They'll be edible on Chalamaid. So we'll say, I guess there's different forms of pickling, but sometimes when you pickle something, again, it, it, it's, essentially it's interesting. It renders it inedible for some amount of time until you get to the end of the pickling process. So the Mishnah says over here, which is such a, you know, such a, such an incredible metaphor for life also, that sometimes again there are things, there are processes you have to undertake, and until the process is complete, you will not be able to reap the benefits from that process. In fact, just the opposite. There's nothing to be gained from the process in the midst of the process. The only gain is when you reach the finish line. So again, where do we learn this from? From pickling, right? So apparently, again, you pickle... The, the paradigmatic example the mission is giving is fish. You pickle the fish. During the pickling process, the fish is inedible, right? So the Mishnah says, you could pickle whatever you want on Chalamaid, as long as it's going to be edible at some point in time on Chalamaid. Because to pickle something on Chalamaid, when what? When it's not going to be edible until after Chalamaid? So then again, I haven't really accomplished. In other words, I've done Malach on Chalamaid with no Chalamaid benefit. And that one is not permitted to do. I'm sorry? Yom Tov, correct, correct, correct. So in other words, right, you'd be able to pickle on Chalamaid if you would get benefit on Yom Tov from it. Correct. I just, let me clarify that. You could, go, you could pickle on Yom Tov, on Chalamaid, as long as you're going to get some benefit from that over the course of Yom Tov. It will say you cannot pickle on Yom Tov. Right, pickling on Yom Tiv, you can't do. There's a whole discussion that uh, posting that the actually we'll see. It's Gemara is going to get into is because pickling resembles the tanning process. Because again, I will say anything that involves large amounts of salt um, often has the appearance of tanning. So pickling often requires large amounts of salt. So you can't pickle on Yom Tiv itself. You can pickle on Chalamaid as long as the result of the pickling will be available to you on Chalamaid or on Yom Tov as well. Thank you for that clarification. But say, good. Gimara, let's analyze. Remember again, the first halach in the Mishnah was you're allowed to go ahead and make a ma'akeh. You're allowed to make a fence for your rooftop on Chalamaid, but only what? Only what? Maisehedyot. Maisehedyot. Right? A, 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 simple, a simple fix. A simple fix. A non-professional fix. So I said, Rav Yosef Amar, Bohutz of Adafna. So Yosef says, it just means a wall made out of branches. Hutz and Dafna, different types of branches. Or the other possibility is pile stones. But what? Don't plaster them. Don't plaster them. So the idea is, this is a temporary fix, right? So this will get you through Yom Tiv. You put up your, your branch wall, you put up your stones, 
they're not plastered together, and ultimately, again, that will be enough. But I'll just say something very beautiful. Says such a beautiful idea. He says on the pasuk, that you should go in and make a make a fence. So the Rebbe says, what's the deeper message? What's the deeper message of having to build a fence? So the Torah says, bayis, when you will create a bias, a home, make a fence. So the Rebbe says again, I'm giving you the condensed version. The Rebbe says that bias represents a unit of accomplishment in life. Kisivna bias. When you build something, when you build a home in life, when you accomplish something, when you do something of importance. So the Rebbe says, human nature often is that when I accomplish something, I give myself a shkayach, and then I say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Good. I've built a bias. I've done something of significance. Baruch Hashem. I've reached the finish line. I'm done. What does the Jew do as soon as he builds a bias of accomplishment? Build more. Build more. Because remember, again, the ma'akeh, the fence, extends above the home. So as soon as you finish building your bias, as soon as you finish accomplishing something in life, there's only one question, which is, what's next? What's next? Vasisa ma'akeh Keep building, even on the rooftops of your accomplishments. Now listen to this. So the Mishnah said, you could go ahead and fill in the cracks Oven, oven, right? And I will say, which means you could use a roller. You could use a roller. So it says the Gemara, I don't understand. Now, I will say, now remember again, the next phrase in the Mishnah was, and you could do it with your hand and with your foot. Says the Gemara, it doesn't make sense. I am permitted to go ahead and do it with a ma'agila. Right? If I'm permitted to go ahead and do it with a roller, does the Mishnah have to take do my hand and foot? No, as Rabbi say, a roller is a clee. Is a clee, right? So my hand and foot, that would be really what we'd call my sehedyot. So once I can do my hand and foot, why, I should say, once you tell me I can do it with a roller, why does the Mishnah see the need to tell me that I can do it with my hand and foot? To which the Gemara says, Halkem, what's what it means to say? Shafanes astokin umaagilan osan kein maagila biyad beregel avalom machatzayim. We'll say what it means is that you can go ahead and fill in the cracks. Fill in the cracks. And you can go ahead and what? And you can go ahead and... Um, I'm sorry. Look at Rashi. We'll say you can fill in the cracks in an oven and you can smooth it out, smooth it out with your hand and with your foot like you are using a roller. Can you use a roller? No. But what you could do is you're say, you might have thought that essentially when you go ahead and you fill in the cracks of the oven on chalamite, you kind of could just, you know, put the plaster in, but you can't smooth it out. Kamash on the mission says you can smooth it out. You can smooth it out with your hand. You can smooth it out with your foot, but you can't smooth it out with a roller. Right? Ma'agila osa ke'in ma'agila but not with the machal saim. So we'll say essentially, you could smooth out the plaster, but you can't use a kli. You can't use a utensil. You can't use a ma'agila, which is a roller, and you can't use a machal saim. We'll say, I don't know what the technical term is, but you know you have like, you see it sometimes when like they, like, like they lay dirt. They have like this thing, like a... What is it? Temp. Okay, so it's a temper. Is that what it's called? 
Kli. Good. Right. I guess it's there. It's there right? So, like, so you can't use that. You can't use it. That's the Machal Sayim. So you can't use the Ma'agila. You can't use the Machal Sayim. You can't use either of those items. But you can smooth out. Shabbos say something very interesting. You ask yourself, so why don't, why don't Chazal just say, why don't Chazal just say, go ahead and go ahead and just put in the plaster and just don't smooth it out. Just don't smooth it out. Because I said, I think there's such, there's such an interesting yisod here. It's not good in life to do sloppy work. It's not good to do sloppy work. It's not a good feeling to do sloppy work. It's not nice to look at sloppy work. Again, sloppy work is a reflection on the person who's doing it. And so Chazal don't want us, and this is such a yisod in life. We know both of you on this because Things that we do sloppily or hastily, you know, you look back at it, especially if it's stuff you have to look at, and it's, it's embarrassing. It's not reflective of the true measure of, of what I can produce in life. So it's almost as if when you're filling in, you're at your stove cracked, you have to fill it in. You have to fill it in. So the halacha really should have said, put the plaster in there, don't smooth it out at all, right? Just make it good enough to work and you'll fix it after Yom Tiv. Chazal said, listen, you can't use a clean, right? You can't use the magila, you can't use the machansayim, but you can smooth out the plaster with your hand or with your foot. Get, get in there, get in there. Make it look nice. Take pride in your work. If you're going to do something, then do it well. Incredible you sowed. Sigmar goes weiter. Any part of the door, right? So remember again, we've got the pivot, the socket, the board across the lintel, the lock, the key, anything that broke, you're allowed to go out and fix on Yom Tiv. Says the Gemara or Minhi, Ad Yomav Hayapatish Make Birushalayim. Supposed to listen to this. The Gemara is already quoting, quoting the Mishnah. By Yochanan Kohen Gadol. So we'll say Rashi actually quotes it. If you look at Rashi, Divrei Maskel Ad Yamav, it's almost right across, right across in about ten lines down. Ad Yamav Shal Yochanan Kohen Gadol Hayapatish Make Birushalayim B'Cholo Shamoid V'Gazer Alav Ubitlo Alma Aser U'Masnisin Katani Metaknin Milam Maftech. So also Mishnah says that up until the days of Yochanan Kohen Gadol, they used to hear the hammer banging on Chalamayid in Yerushalayim. Yochanan Kohen came along and said, you can't use a hammer, you can't bang the hammer on Chalamayid. So what says? The Gemara says, the Gemara says, Ad Yamav in, Mikan ve'elach lo, Kasha. So we'll say, how does our Mishnah allow you to fix doors? Fix doors, fixing doors by definition requires a hammer. The, the, right, the Mishnah seems to indicate you can no longer use a hammer on Chalamayid. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, Kam dinafchi, kam dinagri. It depends what kind of hammer. Yochanan Kohen Gadol went ahead and prohibited the use of the blacksmith's hammer. Why, says Rashi? Because when a blacksmith uses a hammer, he's usually hitting a hammer against what? Against metal. And it makes a lot of noise. It makes a lot of noise. That's when Yochanan Kohen Gadol says, no, that's not the right atmosphere for Chalamayid. The Mishnah is talking about a carpenter's hammer. And a carpenter's hammer makes much less noise. To which the Gemara says, come on. Maskev for Rachista. Yomru kala rabba aser kala zuta shari. So now you're going to tell me, if the hammer makes a lot of noise, it's aser. If it makes a little bit of noise, it's mutter. Come on. And, and, and who's deciding what's a lot of noise, what's a little bit of noise? It doesn't make any sense. Rather, Rachista lokashia habemagli habechatsini. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says, here's the distinction. One is talking about the magli. Both say magli is a large saw. Versus a chatzini, which is an axe. So apparently, the use of a large saw, which is what you would use for door repair, doesn't make noise. It doesn't make noise. 
versus an axe, which absolutely does make noise in the process of chopping. I'm not Papa. Papa gives another answer, simpler answer. Can kotim gzera kamacha gzera. Also, it's a much easier answer. Our Mishnah is reflecting, is reflect, is reflective of the time before Yochanan Kohen Gadol's gzera. So our Mishnah indicates that you could use tools, right, hammers, to go out and fix the door. This is this is an earlier Mishnah. The later Mishnah, ultimately, again, of Yochanan Kohen Gadol, says that you cannot. Ravashi, Ravashi says, How do you do, Rabbi Yossi? Two different opinions. So we'll say one opinion is Rabbi Yudro and one opinion is Rabbi Yossi. Now listen to this. Right? We'll say, who is the opinion who says that even when you have a davara oven, even when you're going to have a loss, you have to perform the malacha with a shinui? It is not reflective of the view of Rabbi Yossi. Now, we'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. We'll see tomorrow's daf, actually. We'll say, we're going to see an interesting machlokis in tomorrow's daf, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda. Namely, when you have a davara oven, which is how we started this mesechta, right? You have, you, you have the potential to suffer a loss. Right? And now, halacha lamaisa, again, we, you're allowed to do malacha to save yourself from that loss. What's the shayla? The shayla is, do I have to perform the malacha with the shinui when saving myself from that loss? Rabbi Huda says yes. Rabbi Yossi says no. Our Mishnah Rabbi reflects whose view? Rabbi Yossi. Because what did the Mishnah say? If your door is broken, Rabbi say now, not fixing your door is what? Is what? A davra of it. Right? That's a loss, right? To not fix your door. Potential loss, significant loss, not to fix your door. The Mishnah says, how do you repair the door? In a normal fashion. That reflects the view of Rabbi Yossi, who says that when it comes to a Dovara Ovid, you do not have to go ahead and use a Shinui. So the Gemara says, According to whom, today, can we go ahead and fix the doorpost? Right? Kabiusa Ultimately, again, Rashi says over here, When the nails from the doorpost come out, who are we able to fix them according to today without a shinui? Ultimately, again, Karabiosi. Good. So we'll say three different ways to reconcile the apparent stira. Beautiful. Kvashin, shiyachala alecha moikavshin. So in the last case, the Mishnah was pickling. Right? So you can engage in the process of pickling as long as what? Whatever you're pickling will be edible at some point in time over Chalamayid or the last days of Yom Tiv. Right? Good. So it says the Gemara, just listen to this case. Badisa Lebai Kavri Kavri. So we'll say, now this is shorthand for the following. Look at Rashi. Badisa is the name of a river. Levai is the name of a place. So the river Badisa in the city of Levai dried up. Now, again, there's a whole discussion here in the Marasha about how it dried up. Did they drain? It doesn't really matter for our purposes. The point over here is it dried up. Now, both say, now what happens when a river dries up? What happens when a river dries up? There's a whole bunch of available fish. So what happens? Kavri. There was a lot of fish. Azik, azil kuli alma, sud. So everybody came to collect fish, right? Baruch Hashem, everybody came to collect fish. Aisu kavra. Right, they they trapped, they took, they got the fish. Aisu kavra. Shabbos says, "Now here's the issue. Everybody has now got a lot of fish at home." Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Sharaluhu Rava lemimlach minayhu. So Rava Rava allowed them to salt the fish. Now Rashi says lemimlach harbe 
Rava allowed them to salt the fish, but it's a heavy salting. Rava said, because obviously they bring home a lot of fish. That means what? They don't plan on eating it all now. When you plan on preserving something, especially again for a longer time, there's a lot of salt on it. And that fish is not going to be edible for some amount of time. So it seems to me that Rava allowed them to salt the fish, even though knowing that's what? Knowing that's what? It's not going to be edible over Chalamayit or Yom Tiv. So I'm really a Abayi. Abayi said, one second, V'hotnan, Kivashin Shuyachalechem and Moid Kovshan. So but Abayi said, but Abayi said to Rava, but Rava, Rava the Mishnah said, only not to salt things on Chalamayit. If Halach Chalamayit said, again, it's going to be edible at some point in time over Chalamayit. Amr Kevan Dimeikara, so ultimately, we'll say, here was, here's what Rav's logic. You see, when everybody brought the fish home, we'll say, what was their intention? What was their intention? To eat it. To eat it. That was the intention. And to eat it when? To eat it when? To eat it on Yom Tif. Right now, Baruch Hashem, we have to cook for the rest of Yom Tif. We have to cook, but at least we have all the fish we need for the rest of Yom Tif. Then what happened? They brought home the fish. People realized, wow, there's a lot more fish than what I need for Yom Tif. The Shavik Luhu, Pasti. And if we just go ahead and don't do anything, they're going to suffer a loss. Kepragmatya ha'avid shdami vishari. But listen to this. So Rava said, once everybody brought home the fish with the intention to eat it over yamtiv, they then realized that what? They had too much fish for yamtiv. So Rava says, if we don't allow them to salt it, then it becomes like what? A davra avid. A davra avid. It becomes like any other merchandise that, that which some person has suffered loss. And what have we learned already? That Allah Chalamaisa, one is permitted to do malacha for the sake of a davar ha'avid. Interesting. Bikita Amri, others say, Shari Luhu Rava, Meitzad Meizal, Aisuye Umimlach. We both say in a little bit of a, in a little bit of a different version. A little bit of a different version. So the Gemara said, Rava gave them the head to Shari Rava, Meitzad Meizal, Aisuye Umimlach. Rava gave them the permission to go ahead and proactively get the fish and ultimately again bring it back and salt it. Now, both sides. Now, now listen, in that case, see, in the first version of the story, the people, if you notice again, people went, they first got the fish, right? They first got the fish. The Lashon is over here. So they got the fish, right? They, they, they got the fish. They brought it home. Once they brought it home, Rava permitted them to salt it, right? So in that version, and Abayah says, but how could they do that? So Rava says, it's a davra of it. In the second version, Rava said, this is very interesting. In the second version, Rava says, go out, get the fish, bring it home and salt it. So in the second version, Rava is proactively telling them, get as much as you want and you could salt it. I am really a bai v'hanan kivashin shiyachala ochlam and kovshan. So I'll say, but but, but but once again, a bai says, I don't say, Rabbi, how can you do that? How, this is even worse. Even worse, you're allowing them to go get the fish, knowing that what, knowing that what, they're not going to eat it over chalamayit or yamtiv, and you're allowing them to salt it. How you let? So amr lei, amr lei, hani nami misachli agav itzitza. Oh, they will say, watch this, watch this. Rabbi says, let me teach you a little trick. Even when you heavily salt fish and it's not currently edible, if you squeeze the fish, essentially you squeeze the brine out of the fish, you could render it edible. So Rabbi say, even fish that's heavily salted, that is quote unquote like inedible as it is, can be rendered edible very easily just by squeezing out the pickling solution. By squeezing out the brine, you rest. Therefore, again, essentially what Rav is saying is, 
There's no such thing as an inedible fish. The Rebbe said the whole issue of going ahead and pickling is that you're rendering something inedible and unusable for the duration of Chalamayid and last day's Yom Tiv. To which Rabbi says Tabaye, nothing's inedible. It just has to be squeezed. And once you squeeze it, ultimately it's fine. So the Gemara Bosei talks about this a little bit. Kiyad Shmuel, like Shmuel for example, of Dulei Shisin Itzitzi Va'achal. They brought Shmuel a fish that was pickled. He, he went ahead and he squeezed it 60 times and he ate it. And we'll say, now what Rashi says, 60 could be literally 60 or 60 could just be more, more than twice, right? In other words, that, you know, yeah, you have to squeeze it a little bit. In other words, it takes a little bit of time, takes a little bit of effort, but you could go ahead and get all of the brine out. Rava ikla lebeir eshkalusa, Rava went to the house of eshkalusa. Same thing. They brought before him a pickled fish. He squeezed it, or they, they squeezed it 60 times, and he ate it. Rav Rav Shapir. Rav went to the house of Rav Shapir. Listen to this. They brought him a fish. Listen to this fish. One third of the fish was cooked. One third of the fish was salted. And one third of the fish was broiled. What, what a delicacy, right? Whole fish, we eat one, each third of your prayer in a different way. Amrav. So Rav said, Amrav, the Saida. Now, once we're talking about fish, we, we digress a little bit to speak about other, other issues related to fish. So Amrav, Amrav, the Adat Saida. Adat Saida said to me, Kavra. So, we'll say, so just, I'll just point out over here, just to understand that Halachalamaisa, the, the pickling is as stated in the Mishnah, namely, you could pickle on yom. You could pickle on. You can't pickle on yomtiv because pickling on yomtiv resembles the malacha of tanning, and therefore it can't be done. You could pickle on chalamayid as long as what? As long as what? The food is edible over chalamayid or last day's yomtiv. Which and I will say edible can mean one of two things. Edible can mean the pickling process will be done and therefore you'll be able to eat it, or squeezing. If you can squeeze out, if you can squeeze out the brine and eat the food, that's fine as well. Good. Because I some other some other culinary tips over here. Summer Rav Amrli Adatayda Kavra Samuch Lemisrichei Male. Fish is best right before it's about to spoil. Things have changed, right? Things have changed. That's that's clear. But again, it is interesting. In other words, you see, you can say something isn't true now. But it was true then. It was just, it's just interesting. Whatever, whatever the mitzvah is, maybe it's a certain type of fish, whatever it is. Fish is good right before it goes bad. Ada, the hunter, told me, or the fisherman told me, Kavra, listen to this. He says, here's the best way to prepare fish. Kavra, Tavye Ba'achuha. So I will say, the first thing you should do is go ahead and roast it, right? Roast it. In its brother, right? So we'll say, what, what's, what's its brother, Rashi says, is melach, is salt, right? Now, why is salt the brother of fish? Because both of them are in the water together, right? So they're in the water. So, right, go ahead and roast it in its brother. Askuye ba'avua, then put it in its father, right? After you go and you roast it in its brother and salt, put it in its father. What's the father? The father is water. I'd put it in its father in water. Rashi says, After you roast it, so roast the fish in its brother in salt, then put it in its father, which is cold water. Go ahead and eat it with its, with its son. Right now, both say, now what's its son? Rashi says, 
eat it in its own brine, in its own gravy. Right? Eat it in, right in the gravy that comes out of it. So roast it in its brother's salt. After you roast it, dip it in its father cold water. And then when you eat it, eat it together with its son, with its own gravy. Okay? Ishti aleavua. And drink it with its father. In other words, drink this type of fish with water. With water. Vermavashi. Amrali adet saida. Ad the fisherman told me. Kavra tahli vachalba. If you're eating fish, cress, and milk, Lit on, that, that was like, I guess that was like a, a normal type of meal. Crap, fish, cress, and milk. Lit on, lit on puria. Don't go to sleep after eating that. In other words, a person should have some type of physical activity. Or you shouldn't go to sleep after eating a meal like that. But you should have some type of activity after going ahead and eating that meal. Similarly, again, if you're eating cress, milk, and, and cress, fish, Crescent milk, mayavalo shikra. Drink water, whatever you do, don't drink beer. And if you have to drink some alcoholic beverage, the Yamara says, shikra valo chamra. Better to drink beer and not wine. Beautiful, beautiful. Poster, I just point out something amazing. Sometimes you wonder to yourself, like, why, why does the Gemara, like, need to include, need to include this? Because, you know, there's something very beautiful about it that, you know, like the Gemara says, literally turn it over, turn it over for everything is in it. You know, everything we need to know in life is really in Torah. It really is. And sometimes we think that Torah kind of only addresses the lofty levels, right? Only addresses, you know, the esoteric. And it's not true. The beautiful part is that Torah Kedosha teaches us how to live, how to be successful, and how to be safe. Right? In all of our areas of life. Everything we need at Rabosai is here. Hadron Allah, Mashkin Beis Ashalchin. Rabosai, Mazel Tov upon completing the first parak of Moed Cotton. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Rabosai, now we come to the second parak. Rabosai, now what I'll just say something very interesting. The second parak is going to continue with many of the same themes of the first parak, namely what you're allowed to do on Chalamai, what you're not allowed to do. But Rabosai, the second parak of Moed Cotton is also the source for Hilchos Avelos. So any of the halachos concerning mourning, right? pretty much all of the halachos concerning mourning, uh, most halachos, the majority of halachos concerning mourning are going to be seen in this parak of Moin Cotton. So it's really a fascinating study in halacha the Ma'i says, well, so here you go, but say, zesav, evas. Well, so here's the case. Just a very quick olive, olive production 101, right? You go ahead and you have olives, right? You pick them off the tree, you put them in a vat. The way it works, I will say, is you allow olives to soften a little bit in the vat, and then you turn them over. Once you turn them over, you have to press them relatively quickly, and if you don't, the olives rot. The olives rot. So once you turn over the olives, the next step is you're bringing in really just a board, a very heavy board. You put that on top of the olives, that's the first squeeze. What comes out of the olives after that first squeeze? That's what we call virgin olive oil. Virgin olive oil is the oil that comes out of the first squeeze of the olives. After that, you still get more oil, but it's not virgin oil. So therefore, here's the case. So here's the case, a person will call Ruven. Ruven turned over his olives. And what happens? He now went into Avelos, which means he lost one of the seven close relatives. A mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter, spouse. Now he's in Avelos. So it says, we're going to see a person in Avelos is not permitted to do malacha. Now, not malacha per se, like Shabbos malacha, but is not permitted to do work. 
God forbid it's to do work. So what happens? He turned over his olives and I became, and I became an avel, o ones, or some other extenuating circumstance occurred. Now Rashi says over here, o ones, haimu milsach, risikulomar mishavakazes of lefnearagel, viiro ones. Now both say, now the ones case is like this. The ones case is, I turned over, I turned over my olives, ereviantif. Right? With every intention of doing what? Of doing what? Of pressing them when? When? Before Yamtiv. Then what happens? Chesed was a mace mitzvah. Right? Somebody died, no one to bury them, I have to go do the Levaya. And therefore what happens? I never got a chance to press the olives before Yamtiv. What's Talacha? Oh shit, to a Poland. Or about say, I hired workers. I hired workers also on Erev Yamtiv. And what happens? And what happens? They didn't show up. It happens, right? This is mamish like my simbachal yom. You know what happens? They got their stimulus check right before they were about to show up. So I so said, why should I do this? Right, right? Why should I do this? So they go ahead and they, they don't show up. They didn't show up before, right before yom. So we'll say, so again, there's three cases here, right? Case number one, case number one is Avelos. So again, this case, now we'll say, the Avelos case has nothing to do with Chalamai, with Yamtif, right? The Avelos case was, I'm ready to play, I'm, I'm, Ruvain's ready to go ahead and press his olives. Then Chas Roshalom, he's plunged into Avelos. Now he can't do Malach. Okay, that's case one. Case two is Erev Yamtiv, I'm ready to press my olives. Then there's a Mace Mitzvah, I have to go take care of that. I never get a chance to press it. Or again, along the same lines is, I hired workers, my workers never showed up. In the last two cases, there was an extenuating circumstance precluded me from doing this malacha before chalamayid, but not for before yomtiv. Now it's chalamayid, what can I do? So what's the halacha? Toin kori shalom anichal acharamoyid. But say, the halacha is on chalamayid, I can do the first press. So I'll say, what can I do on chalamayid? I can go ahead and put the board on top of the olives, put the board on top of the olives, but the rest I have to leave until the until after Yomtiv. In other words, we'll say, according to so Rabbi Huda says that Allah Chalamaisa, essentially on Chalamaid, I'm allowed to do I'm allowed to do Malacha for the sake of Davara Avid. And I both say, what's the real Davara Avid? What's the real loss over here? The real loss is if I don't do the initial squeeze, the initial press. Right? If I don't do the initial press now and I leave it till after Yamtiv, those those olives are gonna rot. Once I do the initial press, everything else could wait till after Yom Tiv. So if Rabbi Huda says, on Chalamayid, I could take the big wooden beam or big wooden thing, put it on top of the olives and let it sit there. That way, again, the first press has been done. The virgin olive oil extracted. I can leave, and I have, I have to leave everything else until after Yom Tiv. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, no, Zolev, the Gomer, the Gaf, Kedar. Kabosi will explain all of those terms in just in, in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says something very interesting. Essentially, once you have the license to what? To what? To do the first press, you have the license to do everything. Rabbi Yossi says, once you were not negligent. See, Rabbi remember again, the case here is a very specific one. I, I really had in mind to do things correctly. Circumstances beyond my control precluded me from pressing those olives. Rabbi Yossi says, once you have the heter to do the first press, pretty much we give you the heter to finish it up. So whatever you need to do over Chalamayid to finish up this press, you are permitted to go ahead and do so. Good. Rabbi Yossi, let's go back there. Says the Gemara, Pasach Be'eva V'Siyemimoyed. Rabbi Yossi, here's what's interesting. If you notice, by the way, the Mishnah began with a discussion of Avelos, but then very quickly transitioned to a discussion about what? About Chalamayid. 
So Rebbe Osei, so here's what's interesting. And I want to point out the Machlokis Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi is on Chalamayi. It's not about Avelos. So what's the halacha by Avelos? Here's what I know. I know that if I set up my olives for that first press on Erev Yamtiv, and then what happened? You know, chas v'shalom, I had to go take care of a mason, so never had a chance to do the press. I know that, what can I do on Chalamayid? What can I do on Chalamayid? I know at, le- at least, what can I do on Chalamayid? I could do the first press. Right? Okay, Rabbi Yossi will say you could do everything. Fine, but I, I know at least I could do the first press. What I don't know is what could I do in Avelos? In other words, what happens, I want to say, in case number one, Ruben is about to go ahead and press his olives. He then, Chas becomes an Avel. An Avel is not allowed to do Molochah. And I will say, now, we don't know why an Avel is not allowed to do Molochah, but from the Mishnah, it's clear that he can't. We'll learn why. So now, wh- what does the Avel do? What, the, what, what is the Avel allowed to do? I don't know that from the Mishnah. So I will say, watch this. So the Gemara says, Amrav Shisha Beid Ravidi, here we go. Zosel Meres, Devarim Hamutarim Bemoid Asurim Me'edel. Evlo. So also, Shishavar Edi says, do you know what this teaches us? It teaches us that halacha things that are permitted during Avelos, uh, during Chalamayid, are not permitted during Avelos. Which means, Rabosai, if Reuben were to set up his olives ready for the first press, and then he becomes an Avel, what is he allowed to do over the course of Avelos? Nothing. Nothing. Which means, total loss. Total loss. There is no heter for Davar Ha'avid during Avelos. So Rav Shisha, this is the opinion of Rav Shisha Bred Ravidi. The fact that the Mishnah begins with Avelos and then quickly transitions to Chalamayit and only gives a solution for Chalamayit tells us there is no solution during Avelos. No solution. So you set up the olives right before Avelos, then you become an Avel. There's nothing you could do, right? Unfortunately, the olives are just going to be Total loss. That's the Shishirid Ravidi. So the Gemara says, Ravashi Amar, Lomi Bai Kamar. No, Ravashi says, No, 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 no. That's not how you read the Mishnah. Lomi Bai Kamar, Avlo de Midrabanu Rubishari, Ela Filu Bamoi, the Surmulach Medaraisa, Bemakum Pseda Shabar. Ravashi says, No, no, no. That's not how you read the Mishnah. The way you read the Mishnah, I'll say, is like this. Let's analyze. The Isser to do Malacha during Avelos. And I will say, now, we don't know that there is an Isra to do Malacha, but let's presuppose there is an Isra to do Malacha. At most, it is what? Dirabanon. The Isra to do Malacha and Chalamayr, although Abbas said we've never actually seen, we're going to do this, Sogya, is Da'oraisa. Da'oraisa. So, what the Gemara, so, so comes along Ravashi Ravashi says like this, here's what the Mishnah is telling you. If there is a heter to do Malacha and Chalamayr for a Davar Ha'avit, even though Malachan Chalamayid is in Isra Da'araisa, then all the more so what? There is a heter to do Malacha during Avelos for a Davar Ha'avid, because Avelos is only Dirabanan. So I will say, this is absolutely wild. You hear this Machlokes? Machlokes of Shishibay Dravidi and Ravashi Baharal read the Mishnah. Because I will say, what everybody agrees with is like this the Mishnah just re- reads strangely. Right, I begin, the Mishnah begins with the case of Avelos, right? Ruvain is about to press his olives, then he's plunged into Avelos. We never even thought, then the Mishnah transitions to Chalamayim, and goes into Machlogis, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, Chalamayim. So what's Allah by Avelos? Rashishi, Rabbi the Mishnah doesn't give you a solution by Avelos. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because there is no solution by Avelos. By Avelos, if you have a Davara of it, sorry, there's the loss. There's the loss. That's it. There, there is... There is no license for Davar Ha'avid by Avelos. Rav Ash says, what are you talking about? 
just the opposite. The Mishnah doesn't have to explicitly address Avelos because once the Mishnah tells me that there is a heter for Dabar Ha'avid by Chalamayid, and Chalamayid is an Isra Malacha Da'oraisa, but you can still do Malacha Vitzorech Dabar Ha'avid, then Allah has come of a Kama all the more so you are permitted to go ahead and do Malacha during Avelos for a Dabar Ha'avid because that is only a Dirabanon. Incredible Machlokas, Rabbi So again, we're left with the Machlokas over here about what he did during Avelos. Do you have to suffer a total loss, right? Is it a total loss? Or is Malacha for the sake of a Davra Avid Mutter? No, no. That's what I remember I said before. There are two different cases. The case of Avelos is not Yamtiv. The case of Avelos is its own case of Avelos, right? So nothing to do with Yamtiv. Reuven is minding his own business, right? Not Yamtiv. He's doing his stuff and then he becomes an Avel. Nothing to do with Yamtiv. Then second case is the case of Yamtiv. I'm sorry, so let me, thank you. Let me clarify this for a second. So remember again, the case, right, the case of Avelos is not the Pshat that he became an Avel, then it's Yamtiv, now it's Chalamayim. The case of Avelos is nothing to do with Yamtiv. Reuven turned over his olives, he's ready to press them, he becomes an Avel on a random Tuesday. On a random Tuesday, Yamtiv is nowhere in sight. It's Chashvan. It's Chashvan. There's not a Yamtiv for miles, right? Right? There's a, not, not, nothing going on over here. So now the Shailah is during Avelos, what could he do? And this one makes the Mishnah confusing because then the Mishnah kind of drops that, drops that, and just begins discussing, discussing. Chalamayid. So first of all, it could lead you to think that we're talking about a case of Avelis, which goes into Chalamayid, which then, as Maish said correctly, there's no Avelis during Chalamayid, because Yamtiv cancels out Avelis. And then furthermore, so, so, we'll say, so we have this Machlokas. So we have Rav Shishi, Rav Ravidi, and Ravashi. Rav Shishi, Rav Ravidi telling us that on Chalamayid, so, we'll say, on Ave, so it turns out, according to Rav Shishi, Rav Ravidi, Avelis is more Chamer than Chalamayid. Right? And Chalama, you're allowed to do Malacha for the sake of a Davara Avid, but on Avelos, no Hetar Malacha even for a Davara Avid. Ravashi says, absolutely not. Chalamaid is more Chamer than Avelos. And if on Chalamaid, you could do Malacha for the sake of a Davara Avid, then all the more so you could do so on Avelos as well. So I'll say, here we go. Tanya Kavase, Durav Shisha Rei Dravidi, over Bryce, that's for Shisha Rei Dravidi. Here we go. Elu Dvarna Osin La Avel. So we'll say, remember again, Shisha Bray Dravidi said that an Avel is not permitted to do any malacha over the sake of his Avelos, even if it is a Davar Ha'avid. So the Gemara wants to quote a Braisa that supports of Shisha Bray Dravidi. Here we go. Elu Dvarim Ha'osin La'avel Bimei Avlo. So we'll say, these are the things that we could do for an Avel while he is in Avelos. So we'll say, now what's striking about this Lashen? Other people can do it. In other words, both say the Bryce is saying, an Ava, what can an Aval do? In terms of Malacha, work? Nothing. Nothing. But his friends could do stuff for him to stave off Allah's. For example, Zesaf Hafuchin Tonilo, if he turned over his olives before he became an Aval and didn't yet get a chance to press them, they could press them for him. Vikado Laguf, similarly again, if he had barrels of wine to seal. And he didn't get a chance to do it. His friends could do it. Peshtar Lalos Minamishra, he was soaking flax. They could pull the, the flax out of the water. Simra Lalos Minayora, he was dying wool. They could pull the, they could pull the wool out. Omar beats him, Sadehu. They could go out and water his field. Literally, sprinkle his field. Mishetagia Ona Samayim Shalom, when it's time to be sprinkled. So, say, so again, the Brysa clearly indicates that the Avel himself is not permitted to do anything. Now, the common denominator amongst all of these cases that were just mentioned is 
they are all a davar ha'avad. These are all examples of things that if you don't take care of them now, there's going to be a total loss. Everyone knows, you leave flax in the water too long, done. You don't water the field at the right time, done. You don't pull the wool out of the dye in enough, again. So these are all examples of davar ha'avad, and the b'risa clearly indicates the friends of the avel. Friends of the avel can go ahead and do this for him. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Av You can even go ahead, and Rabbi Huda says, even further, if the Avel plowed his field before he became an Avel, they could plant the field for him, right? Or again, if he has a field that is supposed to be planted with flax, which I guess has a much smaller window, they can go ahead and plant that for him. Amrullah, they said to Rabbi Huda, no, 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 that we don't agree with. You know, if he doesn't plant the field now, plant the field later. If he doesn't plant flax, he'll plant a different, he'll plant a different, uh, a different crop. So we'll say, they are going to Rabbi Huda, say, Rabbi Huda, no, 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 the only thing you could do for an Avel is what? Davra Avid. Davra Avid. But anything that's not a davara avid, you can't do for him. I will say, but again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you see that halacha lemaisa, the avel can't do anything himself, even for a davara avid. At most, his friends have a license to act on his behalf, supporting the position of Rav Shisha Braid Rav Idir. Omer, Sham Uman Elohu. So listen to this. What about the following case? What happens, Rabbi say in the case, same case, Ruvain turned over his olives, they're ready to be pressed. Then, Rahman he became an Avel, right? He became a mourner. So now what happens? Ideally, ideally, his friends are going to take care of it. Let's say there's no one else who knows how to do it. There's no one else who knows how to do it, right? Zaysaf Avuk, and so the Avels have been turned over. The Sham Uman Elohu. There's no other expert who knows how to do it. There's no other expert, you know, I say expert. There's no one else who knows how to do this. Right? Or he has to seal his barrels of wine. There's no one else except the Avel. But what happens? What happens if there is no one else? There's no one else to pull out the flax. There's no one else to pull out the wool. Reb Shimon Gamil says, The Avel can do it, but he has to do it privately. Privately. So Rabbi say, this is quite fascinating. So what you begin to see over here is like the evolution of Hilchas Avela. So Rabbi say, so on one end of the spectrum you have Rav Shishem Dravidi. Rav Shishem Dravidi says that what? An Avel can't do any malacha. Any malacha during his Avelus. Excuse me, even for a Davara Avid. Even for a Davara Avid. Ultimately, again, then the Brisa says, the Brisa says that Allah Chalamaisa, that other people could take care of the malach of foreign Avel for a Davara Avid. Then Rav Shimon Gamliel saying the truth is other people could do it. But if it's a total loss, a real significant loss, and there's no one else to take care of it besides the Avel, the Avel can do it. But what, Rabbi say, but what? Bitsina. Bitsina means what? Privately. Privately. Rabbi say, we're going to see the Nilchos Avelos. This is a very, very important halacha. Because the truth is, we paskin that, and we're going to, we'll discuss this halacha, but an Avel is not permitted to do work. It's very important. A person's chashom saying shiva, you're not permitted to go ahead and run the affairs of your office or things like that. But what about things that have to get done? So first of all, again, it could have other people do it. This Bitsina idea is very important because also, there are circumstances where let's say a person, you know, a person, a person's running a business and they're about to seal a deal, right? Close a deal that only they can handle. You could have a situation like this, right? Only I can do, only I can do this. I, I've been negotiating. No one else knows the intricacies on all the parties. So I was like, there are heterim over the course of Shiva to be able to take care of certain business needs under certain circumstances we'll discuss, but it's always Bitsina. 
it always has to be done in a private fashion. We'll discuss these halachas. Yes, Rakim. Out of Shingun Miel, second wide line. Further, Shingun Miel said, Im Hayo Uman the Rabbin. Both listen to this case. I will say, let's say you are a craftsman who provides a service for the Rabbin. The Sapar, or you're the barber, right? You are the barber. You're the town barber. Or Balan, you run the bathhouse, right? Vehigia Eis Haragel. So I'll say, let's say again, you're the town barber, or you run the bathhouse, or you provide some other service that only you provide, and now Yom Tiv is coming, and the town needs you, then I will say, ultimately again, you're permitted to do the malacha. I will say, which is an incredible use, which teaches you what? The needs of the collective always outweigh the needs of the individual. I will say, this is an incredibly important yisod. What I need is important, but it's not as important as to what the collective needs. And I will say, this is such an incredible yisod. It's very, um, I think, very countercultural, right? Because it, very often in today's society, the needs of the individual outweigh the collective, right? What I want, what I need is important. And even if it's not good for you or inappropriate for you or inconveniencing you, you know, you have no right to tell me that my needs are not important. And that's ridiculous because, first of all, you can't run a functional society like that, as, as we're beginning to see, as we're beginning to see. He'll say, but at the end of the day, individual needs are very important, but they're not as important as the collective, right? It's all about the klal. It's all about the rabbin. So this is incredible. Ruvain, this guy, he's in Avelos. He's, in, he's sitting in Shiva. He's the only barber in town. What is he going to be doing during Shiva as Yantav approaches? He's giving haircuts. He's giving haircuts. Why? Because the rabbin needs you. The rabbin needs you. And if the rabbin needs you, then you have an absolute obligation to set aside your own needs and to be there for the rabbin. It's so incredible. So I'll say, the Gemara gives some more examples of this. Ha'arisin v'ha'chakirin v'ha'kablonin. So I will say, listen to this. If you look at Rashi, it's just interesting. Rashi, so we'll say in the wide lines of Rashi, three lines down. And Aris, I'll say we translate it as a sharecropper. Sharecropper are makable asodos l'shnaim l'shlish l'ruvia. So we'll say a sharecropper is a person who plows someone else's field and takes a percentage of the proceeds, right? So if it's a good year, he'll make a lot of money. Not a good year, it doesn't make a lot of money. Whatever the crop is, he takes a portion. Chakirim Rashi says, So I'll say, so Chakirim is someone who also leases a field, right? We'll call her a lesser, right? Or right, who goes and leases the field. He agrees to pay the owner a set amount, Right, so he pays a set amount. So we'll say he's both the sharecropper who will take a portion of the crop as his proceeds. The chakirin, the chakir, he goes ahead and pays the owner a set amount. So whatever the yield of the field is, I'm going to pay you five core. That, that's what I'm paying you for the year. Or kablonin. So we'll say kablon ultimately again is shekiblu l'shomer l'zvan ploni besikum kach v'kach bin So we'll say a kablon, on the other hand, is not paying in produce. A kablon is paying a certain amount, right? I'm paying you $500 a year for this as well. So, so these are all different types of arrangements for fields. So we're saying, now watch this. So we'll say, let's say again, one of these people, the sharecropper, the chachir, the kablon, becomes an avel, who could work the field. Now they can't work the field themselves. What can they have done? They could have someone else work the field on their behalf. So we'll say it's very important. The isra malacha on an avel is only on him himself. But there's absolutely no problem having someone else run his business for him during the days of Avelos. Hachamorin, hagamolin, vahasaponin, hareilu lo yasu. 
So let's listen to this. So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says, So we'll say, these are people ultimately, again, who go ahead and, they should not go ahead and rent out. Gamalin, Chamar, Sapanin. So again, Chamar are donkey owners. Gamalin are, uh, I'm sorry, um, yeah, donkey, camels, sailor ships. If their if their items, right, their donkeys, their camels, their boats were leased out by uh, two others, so interestingly enough, one is a case of leasing versus one is a case where they're leased out. So let's say you know, say I leased out my donkey, my camel, my boat to someone else. If I don't show up for work, then what happens? They suffer a loss. So the idea is, if I'm going to be the one who suffers a loss, I have to deal with the loss. But I can't cause someone else to suffer a loss as a result, ultimately, again, of my not showing up for it. Look at Rashi. So same idea, by the way. So we'll say, so again, if I'm the one who's going ahead, I rented the donkeys, you know, the camels, the boats, I shouldn't do any work over the course of my Avelos. I should take the loss. But if I own these and I was rented out to someone else for work, I cannot, I cannot abstain from showing up to work because if I do so, forget about my loss, I cause someone else a loss. So we'll, say, we'll see how this actually works in halacha. Schir yom. We'll say, what happens if you're rented out for the day? I feel it'll be irachers lo yasa. It'll be very interesting. Let's say I'm a day laborer. I'm a day laborer. So I go ahead and I, I'm a day laborer and I agree to work for, for Shimon, right, in another city for the day. And then chas shalom, I become an avel. What's the halacha? I don't show up for work. Then I will say, now why is this? Why is this? I am not causing Shimon a loss. So I will say, it's common for day laborers to cancel. Right? It's common. So because it's common, everybody understands that particular risk. Look at Rashi. Very interesting. Day laborers always have the right to renege on their employment. Why not? Because you will say, if you don't have the right to renege on your employment, you're not called the day laborer. What are you called? A slave, right? An Eved, right? And there's no such thing as Avdos. So because it is normal that a day laborer always has the right to renege, therefore, again, even though I may be causing someone else a loss, and we've seen that in cases where you cause someone else a loss, you really should try to abstain from doing so. Halacha Lamaisa, because it's normal and it's built in that day laborers can renege. If a person's in Avelos, they should renege on that arrangement. So let's say somebody contracted me to do work. So let's say again, I'm a potter, right? I'm a potter and I'm making a, making a, you know, a jug for someone and that malach is in my hands, right? So the, the, I'm making it. Even though I'm a kablon, even though I'm a kablon, I will say now a kablon essentially is what? Like a contractor, right? The job is mine. The job is mine. I still shouldn't do it. So the Gemara says, Ava b'shevi kiboles, v'loi b'shevi kiboles, v'loi b'shevi kiboles, adraba, kiboles kididei dami. I will say, if I'm a contractor, that makes it worse. Why? Because a contractor is viewed as what? As self-employed. Whatever malach I'm doing, I'm doing for myself. Of course I can't do that over the course of Avelis. Elo, 
Rather, what it means is like this. If I, if I contracted to do work for someone, this is a metallical, an immovable property, and let's say the object is in my house, I'm working on it, whether I'm a kablon, which means like a contractor, or not a kablon, I should not do the work over the course of Avelos. That's the idea. What happens if someone else is doing work for me? Someone else is doing work for me, and now again, the person, right? The, right? Someone, and, and I become an Avel, and I become an Avel. What's the The Bey Solo Yasa. If the work is being done for me in my home, I should not have it done over the course of Avelos. But if the work is being done in someone else's home, then Yasu, that's fine, it can be done. So we'll say so again. Marion, so we'll, say, we'll end off with this story. Marion, so we'll say so again. What you begin to see is as follows. What you begin to see is that Halacha Lamaisa and Abel can't, well, we'll see what the Halacha Lamaisa is. But what it sounds like over here is that so far is that an Abel is not permitted to do Malacha on, 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 over the course of his Avelos. He can't even do Malacha. For the sake of a davar ha'avad, for the sake of a loss. Perhaps the exception to that rule is what? If there's a loss, a davar ha'avad, and he could do the work, b'tzina, like Roshim and Amnil said. B'tzina, right? Maybe he could do that. We've also begun to see that Allah Chalamaisa, where the avil is doing work that impacts other people. Well, again, I should say it differently. If the avil serves a need for the public, then ultimately, again, he could do the malacha. Because again, the needs of the public outweigh the needs of the individual. If the Avel is contracted to do work for someone else, and his failure to show up is going to go ahead and cost someone else a loss, he's permitted to do the malacha. If he's only, however, if he's contracted out as a schir yom, a day laborer, he's not permitted to do the malacha, he's obligated to cancel, even though that might cost someone a loss. Why? Because it's common for a schir yom, for day laborers, to renege. Good. So we'll say, now let's end off with this last story. So the Gemara says as follows. Furthermore, again, I'm sorry, one, one last piece. If there's someone doing work for you, can they continue during your Avelos? If it's being done in your house, no. If it's being done in the worker's house, yes. Last case, with this we'll conclude. Merion, Bereidiravin, Umar, Bereidiravacha, Bereidirava. So I'll say, Merion, the son of Ravin, and Mar, the son of Ravacha, the son of Rava. They had a partnership, right? They had two oxen. They, right, they shared a yoke, right? They each, had, they each had an ox, right? They put their two oxen and the yoke together and they, guess they, had, they had a shared field that they were, that they were plowing. So we'll say, Mar, Mar became an Oval, right? He lost one of the close relatives and what did he do? So he took his ox out of the yoke. Right, he took his ox out of the yoke, figuring I'm in Avelos now, so my ox can't go ahead and do malacha. Om Ravashi. Ravashi said, Gavra Rabba Kemar Bred Ravacha, Ovid Hachi. So Ravashi says to Mar, How could this be? How could this be? A great man like Mar Bred Ravacha, how could he do such a thing? While I understand that Mar is not concerned about his loss, but here's the problem. Here's the problem, which is what? He's in a partnership with Marion, right? And again, if Mar removes his ox, then Marion can't plow the field either, which means he's causing someone else a loss. And what did we learn when it comes to causing someone else? What did we learn? We learned that if I'm a donkey driver and I'm hired out to someone else, during Avelos, I can go ahead and continue my work because I can't cause someone else a loss. So how could Mar pull his ox out of the yoke when he's going to cause Marion a loss. 
The Gemar says, well, who suffer? Marzvara was Adam Chashuv Shiny. An important person is different. And maybe because everyone knew that this was Mar's ox, everyone knew it was his ox, if they saw it doing work over the course of Mar's Avelos, they may erroneously think that an Avel is permitted to do Malach. In other words, people don't know the circumstances behind all these different situations. They might have erroneously thought that Malach is mutter during Avelos. Therefore, Mar felt because he's an Adam Chashuv, it was appropriate for him to go ahead and pull out his ox. So we'll say in Yeretz Hashem tomorrow, we'll see whether or not Mar was correct. Shkai, everyone, we'll stop here.